0: You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway.
1: G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with the boys, Andy.
0: Hey, guys. How are we? And Corbs. Hey, boys.
1: All right, boys. One of the best teams in the house tonight, an expensive team, and that's because of the success they had last year. But if I can hit the button properly, we will get to the.
2: <laughs>
1: you know what's weird about that? It's because I grew up at Quakers Hill. Dad used to take me to a lot of panriff games, and that song. Well, I'm talking, I grew up in the 90s, so early 90s. That was the song that they played back then. They haven't changed it. Not a fan. How old am I? I'm 38. Go to it's them. Like, yeah, it's a bit it's old. It's
3: like a slow dance song. Yeah.
1: You're not getting pumped up like, Para. like, I feel sorry for him. I feel I real sorry. Yeah, you've got to change that. You're nearly the premiers, guys. Come on, get along.
0: Maybe man. when they win.
1: Maybe, but tonight on the show, guys, we'll be joined by Penrith Panthers assistant coach Cameron Soroldo. Before we get to Cam, please join in on the Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps. That's open now. Five hundred bucks cash prize for first place, and it's also free to head to enter. So head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com for more details, or all the info will also be in your episode notes. Just remember, you can follow us across all the different social medias, Facebook and Instagram. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, Facebook's back. Talking League Pod. Twitter, talking League one Also follow everyone individually. We have plenty of content over there. Andy underscore Burden89, Tristan underscore Nell for myself, or JJ Corby for Corby. But, boys, let's get to it and catch up with Cameron Seraldo. All right, guys, joining us on the line is Penrith Panthers assistant coach, Cameron Soraldo Cameron, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, Cameron, boys. Mate, first things first, I noticed you just come back from camp the week before I saw a few clips from a few boxing sessions. It looked pretty intense. How'd the boys go out there?
2: Oh, they were awesome. There, yeah, they really, um, yeah, they didn't know what they were doing on the camp. They sort of just went in a bit blind. They knew they were going away for three days and, and um, it was going to be hard. But, yeah, they just um, went really well. We had a uh, boy, Alakawi, come out and um, do some boxing with them. Yep. Um, we had Ali the wrestle coach, come out and bring some some of these um, fighters out with him and do some wrestle. And, um yeah, it, was, it was solid. But well, They did a number of sessions each day and you know, they were pretty gone by the end of each day, but uh, they, they attacked it and ripped in and it felt like we got what we wanted out of it.
1: Yeah, nice one. Now, Cam, with you guys making the grand final plus having so many players in origin, kind of pre-season was a little bit later than normal. How have, how's the players adapted to that and also
2: the coaching stuff? Yeah, well, from a coaching staff point of view, it's certainly different to what we've done before like last year. We had uh, five weeks pre-Christmas to sort of get it get where we needed to get done. Um, and then you come back after Christmas and sort of refine from that. So to come back after Christmas pretty much this year and um, start from there was definitely different in terms of your, um, different sort of landmarks you get to during that time. But um, I've got to say, the boys come back in really good shape. Uh, they, they sort of not picked up where they left off, but they came back at a far um, higher level than what they'd come back in previous years in terms of uh, fitness and skills. So, you know, we feel like um, it's not going to hinder us in in any way. We're sort of exactly where we were this time last year um, in terms of what we're doing training content-wise and and how the intensity is. So I feel like it's definitely different, but they've handled it really well.
1: Nice one. Now, mate, leadership, you guys announced Isaiah Yo and Nathan Clear as as captains. We all know how great players they are on the field, but for you that sees them every day, what's a couple of traits from both boys that really stands them out in terms of leadership?
2: Um, Yeah, he's just really grown into, um, you know, he's probably the man about there at the moment. He's just the older head. Um, He's so mature. Like, I think he's only 26, but he's got the head of a 40-year-old in terms of knowledge and and probably what his head looks like as well. But um, he just can sum up situations really well, speaks really clearly, um, has a really um, high footy IQ. So in terms of, how he's developed in the last couple of years—it's been um, really cool to see. Um, so he was—he was really um, sort of the natural progression for him was to sort of push himself into that captaincy role. And Nathan, um, again, over the last couple of years, has really become a lot more confident in terms of speaking in front of the group and sort of the situations that happen, and um, the knowledge he has of the game, the experience he's had now—he's um, played a hundred games. Um, yeah, you know, those two sort of standout guys, um, you yeah, know, there's a lot of leaders around them. Happy Torres, now, Fisher Harris, um, Kirk Capel, Dylan Edwards, so those four guys are, are going to be there helping them as well. But, you know, it was pretty clear those two guys that were named co-captains uh, were ready for that role, and I think they'll complement each other well. Nice.
1: Now, mate, you guys lost James talmao That's why the, the two stepped up as captain. But I really like the signing of Matt Eisenhooth. Real professional. Obviously, Ivan's had him, and he debuted him back at at the West Tigers. Will Matt be kind of playing, because usually he does play a more traditional lock role, with that space with James and him being similar size, is he more kind of like that up-front, front row style now?
2: Yeah, he, we sort of looked at him to sort of fill the void that Gitarme has left. Um, Matt was actually at Penrith before he we went to the Tigers, so we, we knew what style of character we were getting and what sort of footy player we were getting. Cause we played um, reserve grade for a couple of years, out here um, before doing at the Tigers, so um, you know it was a, it was really really clear to everyone um, when he became available that he was someone we wanted and, and thought could fill the void um, left by guys like Jimmy Tami on Zane, and um, but we are also going to need a couple other guys to step up, and it won't be a like for like replacement. We'll need to our whole forward pack will have to rise to um, cover those sort of guys.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate. Breakout year for Moses Lyota last year. Are we looking at maybe him playing a few more extra minutes?
2: Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think he's, um, you know, he's, he's into his sixth year of first grade now. So, um, you know, he's really developed over the last few years. A couple of years ago, he's probably our best front rower. Um, when the team was struggling, and, and he's really, again, one of those guys that's grown into a man. Now he should feel pretty confident. He's, he's played nearly a hundred odd games, but um, you know, every time Moses goes on the field, he makes an impact. So, you know, I, I would expect him to get more minutes this year and play a bit more of a role for us uh, in the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, mate, Spencer Lino, another one that impressed. Limited game time given his rookie year and he played just over a bit of 20 minutes or so. What's the natural progression for someone like Spencer?
2: Yeah, I think for him, he's um, he's probably just looking to get himself in the 17 each week. You know, last year he he did play for a chunk of games there and probably played limited minutes off the bench, but um, I know I know he'd be looking to cement his place in the 17 this year and play as many games as possible. And, um, I'm sure if he does that, he'll be uh, getting the extra minutes that he'd be craving. But um, you know, he's he's a really good young kid. He's trained really well. He's come back in awesome shape this year. Um, so yeah, he's, he's another guy that we think is ready to step up and fill that void.
1: Yeah, a bit of a transfer market was big for the Panthers this week. You lose Dean Faro over to France, and we all know the type of player here is such a good professional. But you've been very fortunate to get the trade with Paul Momorowski. and. A talented, good young player. What's the expectations for Paul and how's his first
2: week been? Yeah, I've got to say, he's only had two sessions with us, Paul, but he couldn't have impressed us anymore in that time. Um, you know, we threw him straight into a sort of wrestle conditioning session on day one and uh, the attack that, as good as anyone I've seen, come in on a day one and, and went really well. And then his professionalism on the field, um, he, he seems like a guy with a real high footy IQ. He's been in some really good systems. With um, the Roosters in, in Melbourne last year, um, especially, and um, yeah, he's come in and he, he knows sort of, he doesn't know the systems yet, but he sort of really picked them up quickly. He's obviously watched a lot of the way we played, and, and has sort of figured a lot out for himself. And he's a very detailed guy. Uh, you know, first two days he's the first one in there. He's doing the most videos. so I feel like he's going to put himself in the best frame possible to um, make himself a regular member of the seven
1: definitely now mate kurt capor when you consider how much you know you guys missed him when he when he got out injured last year but he's forming origin this is like where do you find a spot for him with Liam martin just coming of age you got some selection
2: headaches come round one yeah capy's um capy's getting origin what we know he can do it was unfortunate for him last year he um probably didn't get the games out of him that we would have liked Due to a few injuries, but I've got to say, he, he um, definitely had an impact on our team off the field, um, in terms of his leadership and his communication, and, and what he brought in terms of experience as well. So, um, yeah, I'll, you know, he he'll be in there um, somewhere as will Marlow, and we'll have to find a way to get both of them as many minutes as we can, um, you know, because they're both quality players. Yeah, mate. With Liam,
1: he became one of the best second roles in the world. Round one, not many people knew who he was. Was behind the scenes with you guys, did you know that talent was there and just waiting?
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. We knew Liam was a talented guy when he came into our program at um, 16, 17. And, um, you know, not so much his talent, but the way he works and the way he attacks training and and different um, situations under duress. Like, we've seen it for years, um, how hard he works and how hard he's willing to work for his mate. And just last year, he got a really good opportunity um on that right edge and took it with both hands so uh yeah it's up to him this year to reproduce that form and and get even better but i'm sure um there's a role for KPN mardo and the team this year definitely now
1: charlie stain someone that really impressed everyone those four tries on debut it's pretty much unseen but it's crazy to see how good he is at such a young age how's his preseason been and kind of where are you, I'm, I'm assuming Mansour's no longer there, so that's his spot to, to lose kind of thing. Is he going to be playing on the left or right? Have you guys decided yet?
2: Uh, it's probably one for the coach to uh, answer that one, but, you know, Charlie's, Charlie's been uh, getting plenty of reps on the wing. Um, we all know he can also play fullback as well, and, you know, he comes through as a fullback, And mm. uh, but at the moment he's, he's getting lots of reps on the wing and doing a really good job. He's... You know, he's only second year in. He only really played one and a half games last year. Scored six tries, which is more than most people score in their career. So, <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's he's an awesome talent. You know, he's still probably find that confidence around the group to to find his voice and and um, be a bit more of a dominant presence. But you know, he's he's only really young and you know, exceptional talent. And we've got high hopes for him. Yeah. Now, mate.
1: Final question. You got five roster spots still to fill. Is there any young guns kind of making an impression for us to just to keep on the radar?
2: Yeah, there's a couple of young guys. we got, um, I think we've got seven train and trial guys with us who have come through our SG Ball and, and 20 systems, and they've all, um, you know, gone really well. They couldn't have impressed us any more of the way they've attacked training and and things like that. I won't name um, one or two of them because all seven of them have done a really good job. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's there's every chance that a couple of those guys or a couple of our development players on the list could push up into those those spots at the back end of the 30 and, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, I know the coaching staff had all the confidence in the world that if called upon, they could get the job done. So, um, you yeah, know, we feel like we're in a good position. We You know, if someone pops up, um, you know, at the start of the season, then we might have a spot um, available. But definitely we're confident that the guys uh, below that top 30 are ready to go. Perfect. Well,
1: Cameron, really appreciate your time this afternoon, mate, and all the best of luck for season 2021. Really looking forward to watching you guys play.
2: No worries. Thanks
1: for having me. Gents, a big three, and they're a whopping three. We've got Nathan Cleary, Appy Corosau, and Isaiah Yo. Let's start with Cleary at 973k. break-even of 73. Huge, but everyone wants him 32%. But, Corby, you're on that bandwagon. Tell me why.
3: I just think he's, he's one of those players, and it could burn me if he has a couple of quiet games, but if you're not on him, you could be left behind and just chasing for the rest of the season. So this... This happened to me with Teddy, and sometimes things happen in the (laughs) past, and you're like, "I'm not going to let that happen to me again." Uh, He 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 had a dominant season last year, like 500 kicking meters a game, three and a half goals a game. He seems to not favour the right side; like he seems to be moving both sides. And um, a couple of the halves uh, that we've talked to are are getting that freedom now, especially with the new Mm. uh, rule changes. So. I feel like that's not going to change at all. He's going to be all over the place, everywhere, just getting busy, getting points, and, yeah, just, I think, easy captain choice. Corbs, only two it, games below 50. It, Yeah.
1: Corbs, have you a ceiling on him? Like, is there a ceiling?
3: In terms of, what, like, buying him? Like, or- if he's going
1: to have another monster season, like, he's already a break-even at 73. Can he get higher? Can he get to 75? Can he get to 80? Like...
3: No, I think he'll be sitting, hovering around that 70 high 60s. Yep. So he, he could he could lose you a little bit of money, but I feel like I'll be able to make that up with some good choices in others. So you just want to a-
1: set and forget. I think that's what we said the other day in the half.
3: Yeah, well, th- so blokes like him, Crichton, there'll be a couple scattered throughout the team. I- I'm still Armin and Arring, and, and my- the final team will not be set until that Tuesday night, team Teamless <laughs> Tuesday, but... <laughs> and a, a big wing of fullback, and you, you get a few of those scattered in there, so you have that captain, vice captain. Yeah. Get your cheapies, and then you sort of fill it from there. But well, that's my strategy. But clearly, I, I know the price scares a lot off, and they think they'll get value in others, but I feel you'll be left behind with points if you don't. Yeah, I
1: agree. And I guess boys, he's the number one pick. If you have draft right, you'd be yeah, silly correct. not to. I, silly. I,
0: I'm I'm on the opposite end. I've I see him as he's not going to be. Not going to beat that score. Even He might sort of stay the same as what Corpse is saying, but I think I'll be able to make some money somewhere else and get him later in the season. Yeah. Did score 100 twice last year and also hit the 90s twice. Yeah. So, but I think I'm going um, to go avoid for him and spend my cash elsewhere. You know, Moses has a half. Yeah. Get another lemmy in, in, in there as well, and then go the other way, spread my cash a bit.
1: Yeah, I've got way too much head noise to have um, my captain trying to chase 73, so I'm going to have to avoid and have to balance him as, as well. But – Arpy, my boy, he's a, yeah, 805K, break even at 60, ownership of nearly 8%. But he was in our hooker podcast. He's kind of my alternate to Cookie. Cookie's still my number one, but if you really want to have a crack at someone else and potentially get a pod, especially early in the season, he's a man. He came in, he really settled into that 80-minute role, and his first half of the season, too, was massively impressive. I think the only thing you've got to just be wary of Arpy, his tackling style – Probably doesn't suit over a 25-round season, especially at his size as well. So I think he's a guy that you'd probably buy into that first kind of buy. So I'd have to check whether it's around 13 or 17. But past that buy might be a bit of an, like a, a time when you kind of get rid of Arpy because that back end, he did fade quite drastically in terms of his numbers, and that was kind of pretty much his tackles. And he copped a couple injuries because of the style that he plays as well. So yeah, okay. I think he's more of a front runner in the season. So... If you're going to pick him, have him probably until those buy periods, and then that's kind of your period to kind of find your next guy. But moving on, Isaiah Yo he's at 781K. Break even at 58, ownership of 4% any year and you're an avoid on Isaiah?
0: Yeah, in his first six games, he scored 67 fantasy points, and that's excluding his first game, got injured. Mm. Um, and then... Um, Sorry, went fifty four point six points in his last six games. So it's a thirteen point difference. So he dropped in minutes. So that's it's a big uh, it's a big risk. You know, like it, will his minutes sort of stay dropped, mm. or because James timeau was gone, will he get it back? I don't I don't see him playing the eighty minute lock role he did again, but he is the captain, so I'm sort of torn.
1: Yeah. Corps with Isaiah, do you see maybe Eisenhuth maybe having a bit of an impact on how he played?
3: Yeah, oh, it's an interesting one, but it won't Eisenhuth just sort of slot in and take that time out. I, I think he's still. Yeah, I think he one of the top mids, yeah, and not, I think he's still definitely. If you can snag him, you know, I'm looking at Crichton, Hass, Takiago, Harris, Brown, Tavita, Pengo Jr. ahead of him, mm. but they, but there's not there's not too much of a fall behind him, and then once you get to him. Jake, Toborovic, Murray, then it drops off. Yeah. So there's a there's that sort of top eight, and he's definitely rounding it out. But, but yeah, I feel he's, he's still going to get those minutes because I, Kickow. I don't think Kickow's ever going to play the 80 <laughs> as well with Capewell <laughs> there. We're still waiting for him. Yeah, I, I think Capewell and Kickow are going to share a few minutes because they had success with it. it. It's sort of, we talked about it with the Peachy thing. Why change a successful team and, yeah, and, yeah formula?
1: Agree, but he's still very relevant, right? Corbs, you'll pick him in the second round, right?
3: For draft, for sure.
1: For draft, sorry.
3: Yeah, yeah. yep. As I said, if you get that good mid, there's not too many of them. Once you go past the top eight, falls off quite a bit.
1: Yeah, agree. Moving on, boys. James Fisher Harris. He had an awesome All Star game. It was funny that he was man of the match, but didn't score that well in the actual average. I think it was like thirty three or something, which was kind of weird because it was like all over. But Andy, you're keen as six hundred and seventy one k break even of fifty. Could be a pod because ownership of only under 5%. So it could be stand you out a little bit. What what are you seeing in the fish?
0: Well, just with those fancy stats for the All-Stars, I don't think they're completely accurate. I think they have a lot more people than the actual fantasy. Hey, mate. Jordan Ricky destroyed it. <laughs> you are kidding yourself. <laughs> well, his minutes are dramatically reduced from 2019. Yeah, 74.4 minutes average. Did he play uh, lock back
1: then? Did uh, they move his position?
0: It was prop and lock, a bit of mixture because yeah. Yo was also there and had swapped that position with him. But he uh, 56 minutes in 2020, average. Mm. But with James Tamau leaving, he does become the dominant forward again, and he will have to step up to That's take ownership of that team. Yeah, so He has got the minutes in him to, to uh, increase from his 2019 stats. Mm. And I also got him drafts. so I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible player. Corbs, any interest in Fisher-Harris?
3: Uh, yeah, he'd just be sort of one to plug in there. I, I just feel he's probably in that mid-range. I know he's probably... Pushing the dollars for the mid range, probably top sort of part of that. But yeah, I feel you go those top tier or then you start looking at cheaper alternatives. That because I don't, a lot you were saying before, I don't feel he's going to make any more than that 50 average. So he's kind of hit a ceiling, hasn't he? Yeah, I want to make money if it's not a big gun in that position. Yeah,
1: all right. Dylan Edwards is an interesting boy, 669k, break even at 50, ownership of 1%. Probably the biggest thing that stands out is yeah, he has a great average. But he missed nine games, and he has been missing a lot of football over the last few years as well. That's my only concern. Andy, you still you still want him, right? Yeah,
0: look, he's, just, he's a good alternative for a puppy and Brimson with a one point sixteen percent ownership. Mm. So if you don't want to take the same uh, fullback as every other player in in fantasy, even pick a Papi or Brimson, he could. Ha- he does have the potential. Um, I think in two thousand nineteen, his first six games, he scored twenty two fantasy points. Dropped his. Dropped his average ridiculously, mm. and then he's eventually his average was 37. So last year, 50 with a 50 score of average, uh, I see a little bit of potential, and it's a risk if you want to take him over Papi or uh, Brimo, but it's worth a shot, especially with Turbo out, and then you've got <clears throat> uh, the other injury, Pong is out for the start of the season. He could be someone you stick in there if you want to.
1: Yeah, I think he's warming the seat, to be honest. I think Charlie Staines is going to take his spot eventually. One of my mates used to coach Charlie in the SG ball. And he said some of the stuff that Charlie used to do. I know it was any SG ball. I remember, we get sent those highlights all the time, Corby. But <laughs> yeah. he reckons that – you know how there's highlights that you know that they can replicate? Like, there's a style that people can replicate back into the big league. Yeah, it's not just a The way that Jaden Sullivan played in the SG ball, he can't play in first grade. But the way Charlie Staines played in SG ball, he can play in first grade. Like, no, it doesn't does. change much. So he that's what they're confident that he has the skills to be a top-line fullback. And I think his body build suits fullback more than kind of winger. So let's touch on Charlie while we're here. 445K, break even of only 33, whopping, whopping 62 average. And that was from scoring four, what, six tries in one and a half games. But Corby, we'll start with you. Do you like Lockjaw? <laughs> I
3: forgot no, about the, that. the Lockjaw, I'm nervy about him because four tries is just blowing his stats out of the water. And it, his price is way too high for a guy that's played one and a half games. Um, <laughs> Thirty-three yeah. break-even is
1: pretty pretty juicy,
3: but yeah. And but that uh, the mail that you got from your mate, and then like they didn't punt Man- Mansell for no reason. Like he, they've obviously got big raps on him, so it's not just your mate that's seeing something in him. Mm. But is still a gun winger. Oh, is he did what? A and a with- really good job last year. He would have been close to origin. Like seriously,
0: with Mansell leaving, that's two hundred plus. Metres to be made somewhere But mm. so Charlie's James, if he gets those That's some decent, that's 20 points in uh, in Just base stats, and then the rest just a couple Of tries here and there
3: You take the tries out, he, he would have scored 55 and 22 So that had him at a 30, 38 and a half So that mid uh, 38.5 average, so it's at at mid 35s mm. Still above and his break even And a .7 points per minute So that's higher than Nofaluma Who was 0.62 So he's still decent a lot of people are like, oh, he got all these tries. You take them out, he's still scoring pretty well.
1: Mm. Especially when you consider he only played half a game in the second one as well.
3: So
0: Owned by 10% of coaches, so they think they know what they're doing.
1: I'm Probably not. If you can get him in draft, like where would you get him, like round seven or eight? <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> if it's,
3: if it's not one or two, it's seven or eight.
1: With us. <laughs> no, we don't have any picks in the
3: round four, five or six. I think later. Yeah,
1: yeah sorry, boys. I'm not going to take any picks. I'm, I've got to save him for the
3: seven. Can I? <laughs> Uh, it's oh, th- NBA, you can build them up, take them later.
1: <laughs> we should have that system where you can give away draft picks so you Trade can just win cups.
3: Um Yeah, no, I'll, I won't be getting him in classic. And I in draft, I would be getting him, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but round <laughs> six or seven, <laughs> a bit pick, later.
1: Pick one, pick one. Oh, he gets a tick <laughs> in round seven. <laughs> but moving on, boys, Matt Matt Eisenhuth, new boy on the scene, 690k, a break-even at 51. Mr. Aldo had a big rap on him. You know, he was saying that he's pretty much in line for that starting role. You know, he said, I think, what was the words? He's he's probably going to replace him. He's replace his shoes or something like that. But it was pretty clear. Fill the void. Fill the void. Said. That's the one. You're yeah. pretty good. You're the teacher around here. So you're very good remembering. But, boys, he's had a good start. Just remember that Cleary's the one that gave him his start all the way back in 2018, where he averaged 49 as a starter. 2019, he was in and out of the team. For again being in and out of the team before a good back end of the season, scored fifty one as an average. So, boy's got a little bit of game if he gets the minutes right.
0: Yeah, well, like Serraldo said, if he he is a Panthers junior, so he has got that pedigree and the relationship of being there already. Yeah, uh, he he sort of sounded like he was ready to take the starting spot off him. Like I think, unlikely to Moses Leota, but if he starts there, he may not get James his minutes. But he could score some potential, but I don't think he makes 51 points.
1: Yeah, Colby, Liotta probably suits more of a bench role than…
3: That's an impact player. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's so good off the bench. But even when Liotta started, he had a 44 average at starting front row. So you probably, as a fantasy player, you want Eisenhoof to get that starting spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's probably a bit overpriced. He's similar to that Fisher-Harrison. I don't see him making a heap of money. On that 690k, so I'll be uh I won't be going near him. Yeah, round six or seven, boys. He only
0: played one. <laughs> he only played one game of prop last year, and he made 44 tackles at 90 meters. Yeah. so he's still reverted back to that tackling lock role. He's got. So you'll have to change his style if he has to replace or fill James Jamestowner's shoes.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot more skills than people think he can, and he's he's very adjustable. So I think he'd he can easily if he starts and he gets his 45 50 minutes. He can easily be a nice little win there, especially in draft scenario if you pick him up in that sixth or seventh round. Could be a- <laughs> is he
3: is he related to Tom Watson? he's actually related to Paul Gallen, Gallen mate? Isn't he? Yeah. Okay, well <laughs> I, that wasn't the question I asked.
0: <laughs> no, I,
3: I don't think so. <laughs> I've always thought that, and I've never sort of. I was hoping you guys sort of knew something. I should just Google Wait, it. We'll That's have it good.
1: on the Talking League Trivia night.
3: Paul Gallon, Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Which, which kind of is weird because I think about is about six. Foot six.
3: He should have replaced Paul
0: Gallon instead of Jack Williams last year.
1: Well, I think the Sharks were actually chasing him. I just don't think we could come up with enough money. We had salary cap issues. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Flannan. Yeah. Thanks, Flannan. The
0: famous uh, salary cap issues. Yeah.
1: Boys, moving on, and the guy I want to talk to you guys next, probably the next three, I think they call themselves left side strong side at the moment, which is Stephen Croydon, Jerome Luai, and Brian To'o. But Crichton, Crichton's an interesting one at 492k. Only had an average of, what, 36 last year. In terms of all the guys, I take out, kick out, because he just doesn't play any 80 minutes. But when you have a look at the other guys, the mentors having nearly a career year. Jerome you, uh, Luai, he went through the roof. But out of that left side, he kind of got left behind. Even though that he was on the highlight reel every week, it just seemed that he just didn't have the greatest of base stats. And, the same amount of involvements as the other guys, but Stephen Crichton, Andy.
0: Well, I think he's uh, fifteen tries last year, inflated his score a lot. But I see with the whole left side, strong side. I see Luai Crichton and Ty just gelling as a as a group, and mm. I, I think all three of them are in for a bit of a big season. But then again, fifteen tries is hard to double up again.
1: Yeah, they're pretty interesting. They're pretty entertaining on their Instagrams. But is that enough to get you across the line, Corby? Well,
3: I. I picked him up in the draft, and I just was looking at... at was, he, was that in round like seven? He, oh, it was either seven know. or eight, either one. It was around that middle pack, so I could have been... <laughs> I feel he, he can increase on those tackle breaks, um, and he he can improve on his errors and missed tackles to get that sort of plus five or six extra points, yep. which would take him to that 42 and get him into that... A forty average category for the centers and and sort of be really in that top tier because he's he's talked about like he is, but his fantasy stats don't actually have him quite up there. Yeah. So a few of those things like defense always improves as a center. Um, like you look at Jared Croker, he he got rubbished early on in his career. Yeah. And true. Probably so much so that um, outside noise, maybe um, I'm I'm a bit biased, maybe held him back from the origin, mm. but his defense is. Like, really improved over the years, and I think you know, Crichton's only a rookie, he should improve with that and get him a few stats, turn a few points around in his favor for fantasy. And yeah, yeah, I think so as well.
1: Because when we had a look at these guys that are very inexperienced, guys like Ryan Puppenhausen, he's only entering his second year of full first grade, as is with Stephen Crichton. Like, what do you think a top like in terms of a player improving? You know, Papi was at 49, Crichton's at that 36, we need him to be at 45 to be. A real dominant NRL gun gun centre. But that nine points is probably not going to come in one season. It's probably going to take two or three seasons. But what do you reckon in natural improvement in a footballer? You know, you just mentioned some really good things there, Corby, before with missed tackles improving, him getting a little bit more involvement, just those key base stats. You'd probably think as a natural footballer, he could probably add another five just naturally through his game, right?
0: Just going hunting for the ball. Like the last four games he averaged 24 7, dropped off a bit, whether it was fatigue, because his first. Full season or not, like you said, it just comes with seasons. Just finding efficiencies,
1: you know. So I still, uh, yeah, I still think I think you took him in a very valuable round in that round seven because I think that's a steal. I think I actually tapped you on the shoulder because you hadn't had any centers yet, and I told you. You've
3: been trying to say this that you picked all my picks, and you've been my bunny the last few years. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna come back. He he
1: sent you up
0: for a massive defeat,
1: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. We should see this Blake's team. Everything that I've pretty much. Said as a buy and recommendation in this show, is his entire team. We,
3: we've Every one of us has talked about every player. We can say <laughs> that
0: <they're playing> with <laughs> each, each other. With, with Crichton, he is priced the same as Ramian and Kelly. Yeah, he is. I, I'd rather go for a Ramian, more potential. Jeez, Ramian looked good the other night too.
1: But Jerome Luai, boys, 602k and 45 as his break even, ownership of 8%. So people getting on the bandwagon there, but his second half of the season. Round 1 to 10, he scored 37 as an average. Round 11 at 20, he was really behind that that drive. 52. And I know that Cleary was scoring probably 70s in this back end of the season, but 52 for a rookie 5'8". He's juicy. Who Did you pick him up, Corby?
3: Nah, he reeks confidence and almost arrogance, doesn't he? I like <laughs> yeah. him. I like watching so him as I. a player. He's entertaining. He's, he's very a, skillful he's, too.
1: He's got a nice family background too, like his story. And his, like, all the Instagram stories of his yeah. kid. He's really cool. I like Jerome. So I'm not going to say total avoid. I think 40, it's one of those things that Jerome's one of those guys because he's so explosive. You look at him and you go 45. And you see that average in the like back end of the season. You go, if Penrith go good, like I think if Penrith are going good, Lua will score 55. Like that's just in my own mind. Like he could top 45 easy. But I feel in the games that they'll lose, he's going to be one of the guys that goes in his show a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, he had 21 tries this last year. Mm. It's hard to top that. And I don't see him taking any kicking duties off Cleary. No, definitely not. So it's going to be hard so to sort of maintain that that 51, like you said, from last year. Mm.
3: Teams will come after Panthers. They'll find it a bit tougher this year. And they did play a lot of front foot footy. And that really benefited Luai's game. So I think, yeah, like you said, when it does get a bit tougher, the points are going to start going to Cleary with the kick meters and the controlling of the game. And, yeah. um yeah, Luai's going to enjoy when they and like they did. They had a really red hot finish to the season yep. with attack. Um, yeah, I think more
1: helped. more draft relevant. I think you're going to have to ride his season because I think when it's when it's high, it's going to be very high. Yeah, when it's low, it's going to be low. But one of the guys going on the radar boys is Brian Torhol. So ownership of two percent. I know someone in the draft took him after I gave a nice little spill on the weekend.
0: 180
1: <laughs> k, but. <laughs> Break even at 43 switches over to the left wing now. But that, that impressive, like I know he sat out, I think it was a few, I think it was six or seven games that he with his ankle. But when he came back for the last five, he was scintillating. And he looked he was like a he was Josh Mantor, just scoring more tries than Josh Mantor. Like they were very good complementary wingers, which is why I think Source got a little bit hard done by because they both complemented each other so much. But he averaged 51 in that last five games. I know four of it. Four games, sorry, five games he scored a try. But still, with that low ownership and that break even at 43, I just think that he's going to take his games. We just talk again about this is, again, his only second, what, his third year of first grade, that natural progression as well. And he's a character. I love a character off the field. He's actually, if you jump on the YouTube, he started this news thing. He does a little, yeah, <laughs> you I see saw that? that. <laughs> it's so funny. But I've got to take him just for the, the sake of the news program. <laughs> Get him on the podcast. He's on there.
3: I didn't think he'd be as good, but he is quite good in front of the camera and with the mic.
1: Yeah. He, and he likes to dance. I like his dancing. He's really good. I'll just
3: read my notes here. They say TK's pick of – wing. I mean, my pick of the wingers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, TK. Another one I'll pick.
1: You yours. are kidding yourself, mate. You are kidding yourself. In, but his, his
3: talk to the left edge is uh, exciting for him because he, he loves bringing the ball back, strong carries, and he, he's going to get lots of good finishes there, you would think, outside. We've already talked about that strong left edge. Mm. Um, that, that can only – I can't see – I know he's 43 average, which is quite high for a winger, but I can't see it falling too too far below that 40.
1: He's a coach's dream, but when you have a look at his stats and look at his carries and how many does... Hard ball runner. He'd be an easy person to coach. Because...
0: Right. On the right side, they scored 20 tries. On the left side, they scored 25. Him moving to that left had, opens up a bit more uh, ball play. I reckon. So they, should, yeah, they like that so for a bit of uh, extra, extra price scores.
1: Definitely, boys. Now, the other guy that we spoke about actually in the centres before was uh, Momorowski, actually. He's come on the same. Your boy. Because, yeah, my boy now. But we've got some good mail because we we're just trying to work out red flags today because he just couldn't get a start with Madge. but. One of my mates that went to Endeavour Sports High, big shout out to Blake. He went and he's put a massive rap and said he's one of the best blokes that he knows. So he said, "There's no red flags. It's just maybe there's red flags over match. What are you doing, (laughs) match?
3: Pick me, yeah. Momorowski, he's he's a very cheeky. He's attacking stats are through the roof, aren't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. I've got it now. Three hundred and sixty-eight k, twenty-seven break-even. So pretty low. And then ownership is only 3%. So if he gets that start, you know, center, when he's played center, he's played 10 games for nine tries, but he's had a 42 average there. Base stats, 123 meters average, nearly four tackle breaks. Wingy backs it up as well, six games, four tries, 36 average. Some of the boys on Twitter today saying that that try scoring record is unsustainable, but I disagree with that, especially in a team of Penrith. I think that's sustainable for me. Corbs?
3: Yeah, but he's only priced at 27. Yeah. As well. So, so, yeah. Even if he doesn't get those ridiculous amount of tries, you, you still think he's going to, yeah, beat 27 in the Panthers and with all that. Like, even the 3.6 tackle bus a game, 123 metres a game at centre from in the last three years. That mm. seems sustainable. Yeah. They're, they're base stats, yeah. Yeah. Like, and he finds a and- trial line. It's not
1: like he's not finding it. He's finding try in a trial line in poor teams. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, no, I I think he is. Um, you can get some of those cheap centers, and um, I think he's probably that mid one that you just have with a maybe a gun like a Graham or a a Peachy, depending on whether he gets that thirteen spot. Yeah,
0: he, he does have that competition with Burton, and who's the other? Sorry, guy? mate, but he's
1: mate. more of a center. Those two boys are more halves. So,
3: Cape Cape has been talked about going in there as well, which. He, well, he, he did it for Queensland. And... He did it for Queensland. So
1: you got to find a spot for him too, right? He's too good to play on the bench. So he could be a smoky for the centers.
0: Yeah, so it's another TLT. All right, let's moving on.
1: Billy kick out five hundred sixty-eight k. Break even at forty-two. The human highlight reel, but he's just not a fantasy relevant man. Corbs.
3: I'd hate to tackle him, and I'd hate to tell him that he's not going to be in my team. But he's <laughs> no, he's not getting in there. I got burnt from him last year. He's just. Yeah, like you said, highlight's real, but he's just too inconsistent. If he doesn't get those big attacking stats, he's can be one of those players that can just wander out of the game and just take it in. Then next game, it's like he's got spiders on him. No one can touch him. He's just offload at will. Uh, it's like 50, yeah. and 50. The, the, the minutes as well with Capewell on the bench, I, I feel like they'll play that same um, role with Capewell and Kickout. Mate, he's, if, a,
1: he's a big human. Like... Last year, I went to, just before COVID, I went to a confirmation of my goddaughter. And he was there. I think his little brother or something was doing it at the same time. He was two rows in front of me. Every time he stood up, I couldn't even see the priest. <laughs> He's huge. He was bigger than the whole bloody, what do they call it, you know, the… The aisle, The pew. The pew. The pew. <laughs> yeah. I went to
3: church when I was young.
0: <laughs> he has got the ability to win games in fantasy and Panthers, but man, he can lose you some. And I definitely lost you a couple last year, Josh or Corbs.
3: Yeah, 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 he did. That's all I've talked about a couple of times throughout our team analysis that there's other players that don't have the big name of kick out that have the same average. Yeah. That I think you're just better off going towards. You don't have those
0: highs and lows.
3: If if you're going for that big player, upgrade to a a Crichton and Matto.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. agree. But it's one of those things I remember in draft last year, he did nothing the whole season. I think the semi final that we played, remember that game up in Townsville? And he—he's dead set. I think scored three tries, and that's the only thing he did in the entire season. So that forty-two probably really is like a thirty-eight because he really carved up average, that yeah. day, really. But yeah, I think you're right, boys. You can definitely find some value elsewhere. Now, boys, to wrap things up, let's. There's probably only one real.
0: Well, speaking of that value, the other the other edge in Liam Martin.
1: Yeah, but he's not really value. He's at six hundred and eight k.
3: Yeah, he's a no-frills edge player, isn't he? <laughs> and he's a bit even, like Josh
1: Jackson. Yeah, I think he even that- might, him and Kate to have a bit of a battle for that role. But let's finish things off. We're nearly out of time. Spencer Leno, Andy, he didn't catch Corby or Maio, but 307K, 23 break-even, ownership of 5%. What are you seeing?
0: Uh, I think the Matt who signing just definitely just drops his minutes. If, if he didn't sign, it would have been the Liotta and Lenu show. Yep, uh, just it nullifies him. I don't see him happening. You're a, cat.
1: You're a cat. You said yes, and now you just deserted him.
0: Oh, you might get a couple extra minutes, but I don't think he's going to – You need to go to work.
3: church. Yeah. Sit in, the, in pe- the pew. All
0: right, guys. That wraps up all the
1: teams. So, okay, if you haven't – if you're first time here, go back. I've got We've got 16 team previews, all with an insider in there. So plenty for you to look out there for. We're also going to be having to finish off this week – We are going to be having three positionals, and there's a good chance Wacko Whispers is going to join us for a bit of a potty as well, as well as Physio Phil. So plenty to look out for before the start of the season, but before then, make sure you jump on all the social medias, Talking League One on Facebook, Instagram. Follow the boys personally on Twitter. That's Andy underscore Burden 89. JJ Corby for Corby and Tristan underscore Nell for myself, or just log on to Talking League One for all of us as a whole. Thank you, everyone. That's left a review on Apple Podcasts. That is much appreciated. And please, invite your family and friends to the Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps. That's now open, $500 cash prize. It's free to enter. So head over to talkingleagepod.com or you'll find all the details also in the info notes. But, gents, great little wrap-up there. 16 teams, we're done.
0: Finally. Andy,
1: you killed it. Corby, you've been magnificent. So thank you both for your insights.
0: TLT coming up. Cannot wait.
3: If if my team doesn't benefit from this, then I'll be filthy.
1: <laughs> See you in round seven, boys.
3: Yeah, righto. See <laughs> you, boys. Guys.